Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today's interview is all about going from healing to reinvention in midlife with Jane Dearborn. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. As I mentioned, I have a really great interview for you today, and I can't wait to dive in, but I have to take just a little quick break and to just share with you a couple of important things. I want to make sure you know about the new way to have more fun with the Women in the Middle podcast. You're invited to join the new podcast club. So let me tell you what this is all about. I love bringing this podcast to you every week, and now it's been for over six years. I've been thinking about how it can really bring us together in an intimate but kind of crazy way, right? (laughs) But a podcast can really help you feel connected. As you may know, I like to think of the podcast as a party in your purse. It's kind of like a cozy blanket for your soul at a time in your life when you can really use it. So I created a fun new way for you to connect with me and the podcast on the next level, a way for you to continue the podcast conversation, and it's called the Women in the Middle Podcast Club. The podcast club is basically a book club experience for the podcast. We're going to be going deeper into the podcast conversations started in the recent episodes. You get a Zoom call with me once a month, an easy-to-use podcast go-deeper guide with thought-provoking questions to help you apply what you're learning on the podcast to your own life, and also some fun surprises along the way. You're also going to be able to chat with me directly and share your thoughts with me and other like-minded women. You might be wondering about the price for all this awesome midlife fun. (laughs) Well, get ready to be amazed. The founding member rate right now is only $6 a month. So don't waste another minute. Sign up now at www.susierosenstein.com and click on the podcast club button or go directly to susierosenstein.com forward slash podcast hyphen club. I can't wait to get this party started. Okay, now if the podcast club announcement wasn't juicy enough, I have something else to share with you. There's something fun happening in February 2024. Keeping with the connection theme, if you love the podcast and hearing me in your ear every week, you're going to love joining me and other like-minded women, other 50 plus women, on the Women in the Middle Connection Cruise. Yes, an in-person opportunity. It's a four-night cruise, and we leave from Florida in February 2024. We'll be cruising to the Bahamas and Key West. So if this sounds interesting to you, send me an email right away to get on this list and make sure you get a spot at the best price. Once you do that, you'll get another email with all the details. So just send me an email at info at susierosenstein.com That's info at susierosenstein.com and put cruise in the subject head. I can't wait to hear from you and more importantly, to hang out with you on the first Women in the Middle Connection Cruise. Okay, now let's dive into this episode. This week, I want you to meet a special guest who has a powerful midlife reinvention story that includes a lot of healing on her path forward. My guest this week is Jane Dearborn. 
Jane is a successful entrepreneur who has reinvented herself many times and has come from a place of barely surviving to now thriving. She shares her journey of healing and rediscovering herself midlife in hopes of giving support and encouragement. Specifically, Jane has launched two companies, Jane Mack's Soulfully Luxurious Handbags and Portland Electric Boat Company, and co-founded a nonprofit, Blue Butterfly Campaign, whose mission is to raise and donate funds for childhood leukemia research, something that has affected her family personally. Jane has also co-led groups of bereaved parents for six years, providing support and a safe place to heal to over 150 families at the Dougie Center for Grieving Children and Their Families. Her latest endeavor is a woman's healing wellness retreat called Sacra Blue Soulfully Transformative Retreats. This episode will put some important perspective and hope around the possibility for reinvention in your life, even when it seems impossible. Please enjoy. Hi, Jane. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm very excited to be a guest on your podcast. Well, I'm really grateful that you reached out because you've been through a lot. And as a woman in the middle, uh, we all know that it's not always that easy. And yet you move forward. Mm -hmm. And so your story really highlights that. And I know a lot of our listeners, it's going to be easy for them to relate to your experience. So let's start with what was going on for you in your 40s. And why you were looking to make a change. Like, what was that whole period like? And I know a lot happened for you in your 40s. Yes. So in my 40s, um, I will say my life got turned upside down in a way that I would never wish on anybody. Uh, in 2001, I was 41. My middle son, Max, was seven years old, diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, and after a seven-month battle, he passed. Wow. And I have, have I always say I have three sons because he's always my son. But Absolutely. Um, so he was in the middle. And that just turned my world upside down. This came out of the blue. No one in my family has ever had this. Very unexpected and very quick. And, oh, Jane, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Susie. Thank you. Um, it turned my world upside down, of course, and any sense of safety or security that I had was gone. I didn't know what to believe. I didn't know what end was up. <laughs> so I, I definitely went into deep grief and depression. It was a dark time for me, and yeah. I felt very alone, even though I was married. Um, but I had two other sons that I knew I had to take care of. So I did my best one day at a time, I was barely surviving to try to get up and take care of them. Um, but that whole period of time for me is just kind of a blank. I was, I was pretty numb and checked out. They say the second year of grief is worse than the first because the reality sets in of what has really happened. And I would say that was true for me. Did you have a lot of, um, like uh, therapy, support, grief groups. Did you have that kind of help in place? Uh, yes. Over time, not initially. Um, there was a dear friend that I met. She was a healer, energy healer, and she probably single-handedly helped bring me back to life. 
And that was because, yeah, she, she did energy work, but more importantly, she, she introduced me to the concept of spirituality. And that was when I stepped on my spiritual path and had a spiritual awakening and just started reading different things, immersed myself in it, trying to understand where my son went. Why did this happen to our family? But it brought me tremendous comfort and strength and I didn't feel so alone. Um, so that was key for me at that time. And, and she was also a good friend. And the other thing that my family and I did, we went to a place called the Dougie Center for Grieving Children and Their Families. And that's in Portland, Oregon. Um, so we were with a group of bereaved parents and that was my safe place for my grief. Um, yeah, it was like, you know, friends were incredibly supportive and caring. But over time, they move on with their lives as they should. And you're still left with this tremendous grief. And the Ducky Center was a place where we could share our story. We were with other parents experiencing similar things. And it just it just was my safe haven, really. Wow. And Yeah. That's so uh, I'm sure you have such gratitude that you even discovered that place. Tremendous gratitude, so much so that I knew I wanted to go back and be a volunteer there. And after I had a few years of healing under my belt and it wasn't quite so raw, uh, the loss wasn't quite so raw, I went back and volunteered for six years, co-leading groups of bereaved parents. So I was I was one of them, but I was also further along down the path. And so I think, you know, I was able to hold space for them and hear their stories and share mine. And then I was also gave them hope because here I was further down the road and I'm volunteering and helping them. So I, I think it gave them hope that they could get through it. And it sounds like it gave you continued hope and strength that you could get through it too, you know, but to be able to give back like that. Mm. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That is a lot. Yes. It's a parent's worst nightmare. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and then I know things didn't get that much easier for you. Um, And, you know, something serious happened within your marriage. That is true. I did have a reprieve for a while, Susie. I, um, I started a handbag business as part of my healing. I got back in touch with my creativity, read the book, The Artist's Way. I was very creative as a child, loved to do. I just listened to another one of your podcasts and I think you had said the things we enjoyed so much when we were younger were true, are truly who we are today. And I would say that's true because when I was younger, I loved being creative and doing art. And I was an entrepreneur when I was younger. Starting that's to- the same. That's hilarious. I, but you know, know what else, Jane? I have to tell you, I think you are the fourth or fifth person who has mentioned the artist's way to me in the last, I would say, six weeks. So, I mean, of course, I had the book. So I went into my bookshelf. I pulled it out. Now I can see it from where I'm sitting. I put it here. And here you are again, mentioning the artist's way. Uh, Julia Cameron is the author and I will of course put it in the show notes. If you aren't familiar with this book, you may want to check it out. So I, I want to ask you about why handbags? What is it about handbags that really helped you at that period of time? Right. Cause that seems very random, doesn't it? 
Well, um, women love, we do love our handbags. We do. And I do love fashion and style. Uh, well, so I was doing the exercises and, and like you were saying, I had like three different people tell me about that book. So it was a sign. You need to read this book. And there's exercises in the book where you take yourself on artist dates. And so as part of that process, I went to, um, I tried different things like drawing and painting, but I went to a fabric store and found this beautiful silk fabrics and, um, just started playing with that and beads. And then I put together this beautiful like evening bag and I had so much fun. I had, I felt like a kid in a candy store. I was like, Oh my God, this is great. So I just started creating these beautiful. I can't, it was basically the same style, different materials, different beads. I would make my own beaded handles and, and then I started up. Uh, my friends loved them and they wanted, I gave them as gifts and they bought them from me. And then I got myself into some juried art shows and was selling them that way. And so, and then from there, I, it morphed into a full blown handbag business where it's manufacturing overseas and buying leathers in Italy and Brazil. And yeah, so the entrepreneur in me really came out at that time. Wow. How fun. And what, a what a breath of fresh air. Like I, I really do believe that creativity soothes the soul, you know, and it's one of the reasons that I have uh, something very creative in my in my group program, the Women in the Middle Academy, mm-hmm. and we do mindful doodling. Um, I teach it. I I'm a a certified Zentangle teacher to teach <laughs> I love that, and it's one of the best ways that I know to um, really appreciate what it means to have present moment functioning. So what it means to be in the moment and what it means to be out of the moment. And a lot of us don't really appreciate what, like what it really takes to be in the moment. And it's just something that uh, I, I believe very strongly in bringing as much creativity into your life as possible. And I think everybody's creative. You're just not thinking about it right. It's not just being an extremely talented painter, you know? <laughs> Right. No, that's, I love what you just said because, uh, it's making me reflect back on those times when I was creating the bags. And you're absolutely right. When you're, when you're in your creativity and folk, you're just, it's just such a focused time and it's everything else fades away. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so thank you for saying that because that's very true. Very true. So good. And anytime I, uh, I also had a, a beaded wire side hustle for a while where I was making um head coverings for Jewish women. I was making the kippahs, the yarmulkes, the oh decorative ones. And I did that for 12 years. And, you know, any excuse I had to put my hand in a pile of beads and to choose beads and to collect beads on vacation. And, you know, following that passion, I had a little Etsy store. I mean, I wasn't shopping for supplies overseas like you were. I wasn't that fancy or big. <laughs> but don't you know the Museum of Modern Art purchased one? And I was part of a huge exhibit at MoMA for four months in 2017. Can oh, you believe it? That's awesome. I love it. I the love craziest it. craziest story ever. I'll put the links in the show notes because I have talked about that yes. on occasion because yeah. of, I, I've had some crazy things happen to me in the 50s, in my 50s, and that for sure was up there. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. That's like a, yeah, just to have your art in an art museum. Like, come on. I know. That's great. (laughs) Now, mind you, the reason it was in an exhibit that had to do with kind of a a historical look 
at fashion accessories over time. So the Kipa was one of the categories. They identified 111 categories of fashion and accessories. So it was everything from the little black dress mm. to a strand of pearls to platform shoes. And the Kipa ended up in one of these categories. So mine was one of 10. And mine was the only one for women and the only one that was really decorative like that, like made of something else. Anyway, it was fun. And boy, do I love getting my hands on beads. (laughs) Hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. (laughs) Oh, my God. One time I was in Rhode Island and um, I was with my girlfriend and we were in this cute little town and there was a funky little jewelry store. So we went in and I don't know, for some reason, I just had a feeling they they had beads that we might be able to purchase, even though there were no bead displays or anything, just jewelry made. So I asked and they brought out bins, bins of beads. And we were able to literally put our hands in them. They were beautiful. And oh my God, it was such a fun little moment of being on this deck, looking at the harbor in Rhode Island at this funky little jewelry store putting my hands through gobs and gobs of beads, just the, the feeling of it. It was so exciting. That's awesome. I love <laughs> Fun Great. little moment. Anyway, but getting back to you. So um, <laughs> we were talking about what happened in 2014. Right. So after right. the bags, which I'm yeah. dying to see one of these bags. <laughs> we'll I'll do that. some pictures. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So what happened then? Okay. So I also had a nonprofit, but we can... That was uh, raising money for childhood leukemia research in honor of my son. And I did that with my husband. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we did do that as well. And that was, I felt like that gave me meaning and purpose and giving back. Um, so in 2014, to answer your question, finally, <laughs> um, I was hit with another huge blow, Susie. I um found out at that time that my husband of 27 years, who I had been with for 31 years, um, had been seeing another woman for eight and a half years. What a shock. A huge shock. She had been, she was a neighbor, had been a friend. So that was almost a third of my marriage. And wow. Yeah, it was unreal. I I suspected some, I mean, we were in marriage counseling. Our marriage wasn't doing great. He had been drinking and I, I just, uh, attributed his behavior to drinking and, and an increased amount of drinking. Um, but then to find out about this was just unreal. And the statistics are that 85 to 90% of couples get divorced after the loss of a child. Yeah. I didn't know the stat, but as you were telling me this, I mean, it, I can totally understand that you've been through hell and back, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and some couples make it. I do have friends, uh, that have made it, you know, they've, they've withstood the test of time. Um, but in our case, we really stepped on two very different paths and I went with, you know, I became more spiritual. I was volunteering at the Dougie center uh, trying to give back, trying to find meaning and purpose in what happened. And he stepped on a darker path and maybe, you know, he didn't have enough support. Um, I don't know what the deal was, but yeah, he's, he stepped on a darker path and it just, we just drifted apart. 
So it's so interesting because you, in the face of such hardship that you've experienced during that period of your life, um, still you focused on giving back with all that support and with this spiritual um, insight and learning and connection and all of that that you were doing. So um, what do you think it was that gave you the courage, the resilience to be able to continue with that amount of grief and loss? Yeah, that is a good question because sometimes I wonder how did I do that? Of course, initially, I was in shock and overwhelmed and very shut down again. Um, so, but not as bad as with the loss of my son, of course, but still very, it was a very hard hit. I think a big part for me, I had tremendous support and love and care from a dear, from, from dear friends that really stood by my side and had my back and I'll say took care of me in the very beginning. So I felt their love and support. And I think just really drawing on my spirituality, knowing that I wasn't alone, I just always felt like I would be okay. I just had this sense that I would be okay. And I had, I worked with a healer again at that time, inner child work, then a more traditional therapist, looking at some of my traumas and triggers and trying to rewire my brain. So I did draw on um, professionals, you know, as well. So I didn't try to do it alone. Yeah, that was huge. I did not try to do it alone. What do you think the role of um, having two other children played uh, for you at this time period? Because I, I know we don't know each other um, at all, really, except for you listening to the podcast. But, um, you know, my my parents died when I was young and my stepmother, mm-hmm. when my father died, she had five kids to deal with. And I remember her as a 12 year old, I was 12, um, her saying that, and over the years that if she didn't have the kids, if she didn't have her, you know, kids to take care of, it would have been, it's hard to imagine, but even more challenging. Um, so, yeah. So what do you think, how did that impact you when you were feeling so depressed and hopeless and alone? I think, Absolutely. Having my other two boys was a lifesaver. I'm glad you asked that question because I didn't really um, address that. And yeah, without them, honestly, I don't know where I would be because they were the reason that I would get up and get through a day because I had to take care of them. You know, uh, when my son passed, uh, my, my oldest son, Michael, was 10. My youngest son, Sam, was three. Wow. Yeah, he was, he turned, we had his birthday party in the hospital while we were taking care of Max. Um, so they needed their mom, especially my three-year-old. Um, they needed their mom. They needed their dad too. And I had to do everything I could to show up for them. I don't feel like I did a very good job at that time, but I did the best that I could. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, they definitely, without them, I don't really know. It would have been very easy just to totally shut down and not come back. I hear you. And I guess the other thing is that kids are so funny. I mean, I don't know your family, <laughs> but I would imagine that those kids made you laugh. Oh, yeah. I mean, kids, they carry on. <laughs> they do. They're very resilient. And it's like, wait a minute. What about me? 
I'm here. I don't want to hear about my brother who passed. I'm right here in front of you. What about me? And it was a real wake up call. Like, oh, it brings you right back front and center to where you need to be focused. Yeah. Wow. Very, very powerful story. So it sounds like you're in a situation where you, um, you completely reinvented yourself in midlife, but it sounds like if you would have had your druthers, that's not what you would have been doing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My reinvention didn't come from a place of, oh, I've always wanted to be a handbag designer and co-found a nonprofit, right? That wasn't my lifelong dream, but it was, uh, instead part of my healing process, very unexpected. And it was something that just, as I mentioned, evolved from the artist's way and then trying to have more meaning in my life and give back. And yeah, that's, that's how these reinventions came to be. And what about that one weird one in there in your notes? I see something about an electric boat company. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. She's going to tell about that. This is what happens when you realize you're an entrepreneur. I went from registered dietitian, stay-at-home mom, handbag designer, uh, nonprofit founder, and then I owned an electric boat rental company. <laughs> so what the yeah. heck? <laughs> okay, right? What the heck is right? Again, not something I had like dreamed of. So after my marriage ended, uh, you know, I took some time to heal, therapy, all that, and after about seven months, I thought, oh, I'm I'm in a great place now. I'm going to start dating. Probably a big mistake, but I did. And I was pretty vulnerable. And I met this man um, right away and got involved. And uh, in time, not immediately, but like after a year of being involved with him, we decided we were going to go into business together. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Before you truly know somebody to make that commitment. But um, I did. And uh, he... He was a a captain, U.S. Coast Guard captain. And um, so anyhow, we decided we were going to start this electric boat rental company downtown Portland on the Willamette. And um, a woman from Seattle helped us get started. She has a very successful business doing this. And it just took off right away. I put all of my entrepreneurial skills into place. And yeah, it took, yeah, it took off pretty quickly and just grew exponentially. And it was fun. It was a seasonal business. It was really fun. Gave us the winters off. We could travel. Um, But I was with this other partner for six years. And about halfway through that relationship, I realized, ooh, this is really toxic. I'm getting triggered all the time. This is not good for me. Um, So it took me a while to get out of that relationship because I was also tied to a business with him. And I knew ending the relationship also meant ending the business relationship. And uh, we eventually did that and and sold the business. Fortunately, we were able to do that. So that's how that came to be. It's so interesting. But I love how, you know, when you're a serial entrepreneur, it's kind of like you can't help yourself. You're, it's a creative process to think about what's possible. And even though this was something you'd never done before, it's very, very different. You saw opportunity and there was something, something about, I, I have a, I'm going to ask you the question, but I think I know the answer. <laughs> what was it about getting on a boat and, and going that was right for you at that point in your life? 
well, it felt like freedom. That's what I figured. I, you know, so in a way, even though it seems like a wacky thing to do, it felt like freedom. It did. And it was so, so, um, that time with that particular person was so different than anything I had experienced. You know, when I met him, he lived on a boat and we would travel to see each other. And it was just, it was, it was kind of a breath of fresh air. I felt like I was back in college or something, you know, just yeah. that free, a sense of freedom and fun loving. And yeah, we just had a lot of fun together and it was very carefree, very free spirited. And I did not have that in my marriage and I hadn't had that in a very long time. So it was a very attractive to me. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Well, I believe strongly that. It comes up, it comes up all the time. Now that I'm so aware of it, doing interviews with so many amazing people, um, that, that you, you feel like you don't know what your path is, but I really believe that when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you're on the right path. And each experience teaches you something, introduces you to people, gives you more opportunities to learn and to fail and to fail forward. And it just leads you to the next thing. And in this case, for you, we're talking about soulfully transformative retreats. So tell us what happened, because this just sounds magical. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to just say, yes, as an entrepreneur, which I was even as a child, I love taking a vision and bringing it to fruition. That is yeah, yeah, part of the creative process. And I know how to make that happen for the most part. Um so this latest endeavor, uh, Sacra Blue, Soulfully Transformative Retreats, when I ended my last relationship um, with this boat rental business partner, romantic partner, I decided I need to go, I really want to go to Italy to heal. It was a longing I had. Um, and I want to go by myself. So I had been to Cortona before. I love Italy, all parts. And I went to Cortona and when I was there, I just really immersed myself in their lifestyle culture. And it was just so, I had so much joy, Susie, um, tremendous joy. I felt alive and so much peace. And I, I felt like I had come back to myself in a way that I had never experienced before. Oh, I can't even. <laughs> What an amazing experience to see that and to feel it and to know it. It must have just felt so right. It felt so right. That's exactly, it was a knowing. Yeah, it was, it wasn't something in my head. It was something I felt in my body and in my heart. Wow. And um, so I had this incredible experience and I was feeling so good and meeting new friends there. I still, I have friends in Cortona. And, um, I went on a bike ride one day and I was bike riding through these sunflower fields along a lake and just like, ah, oh, life is great. And I, <laughs> and I heard, like, I was thinking about my own healing and I heard in my head, I call it a download, but I heard, you know, Jane, Italy has been so healing for you that you need to bring other women here to help them heal and experience what you're experiencing and just the magic of the land and, the beauty of the people and the culture. Uh, so that is how the soccer blue retreats came to be. Then the entrepreneur in me got busy when I got home <laughs> and started 
putting it together. Um, I've again, never done anything like this before, but have worked with a couple friends that have. And so just, you know, collaborated on the content and, but I, I did mostly did it on my own. And, and now we are going to be having our first retreat this May uh, 14th through the 20th in Cortona, Italy, um, which this podcast may come out after that. Uh, but th- these will continue. This is the first of many to come. Wow. So do you think uh, the way you're imagining it, there'll always be retreats um, available to register for or to know when they're coming out? Is that the kind of thing? Yes. Yes. We have a website. Um, and what is the web address? The web address is uh, Sacra Blue, S-A-C-R-A-B-L-U dot com. So, of course, the link will be in the show notes. So you can go to the website. And what uh, what kind of information is there? Is it um, the dates? Yeah. So on the website, it will explain our itinerary. Um, we're doing some spiritual work, some transformational goal setting, heart-centered workshop, uh, sound bowl healing, uh, different growth opportunities, I guess. I don't know how to say that, but transformational work. But along with that, we'll also be going wine tasting and multiple Chiano. And uh, there'll be a cooking class with a private chef. And uh, we're going to, I'm also taking the ladies on the same bike ride that I went on where I got my inspiration. So that's what uh, the retreats in Italy will be about. And so you can get that information in more detail on the website along with information about the retreat facilitators and um, costs, pricing, all of that, what's included. And who, who would be a perfect, um, a perfect person for this type of retreat? How would you describe them? I think it's, it's a variety. Uh, it could be someone, a woman who is going through some type of transition in her life, career, divorce, loss, uh, someone who is interested in taking a deeper dive into their own growth and healing. Yeah, just or someone who just wants to have more connection with like minded women, because it's going to be a small group of about six of us. So it'll be very intimate. And um, yeah, a, a good chance to connect with like minded women. That's amazing. Jane, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Now, what would you say as a serial entrepreneur, you've done a lot of new and scary things. You've been through the ringer. You've had uh, a lot of ups, downs and ups again. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the big lessons that you've learned as an entrepreneur creating businesses and even nonprofits? I would say um, really to trust the process. And trust the timing of your life and all of our previous experiences really do play a part in, in who we are. And, and like you said, um, on our path, that nothing is really wasted. Um, and we might, it might not always make sense at the time, but we can connect the dots looking back. So just trust that, uh, trust that you're right where you need to be and things are unfolding the way that they need to unfold. Um, and also to believe in yourself and to trust yourself. I think that's really important too. I totally, totally agree with you. 
Thank you so much. So please, if you're interested, uh, anybody listening to um, connect up with Jane, head over to her website at, say it again, please, www.sacrablue.com. And it's S-A-C-R-A-B-L-U.com. Amazing. I think I said W wrong, but we'll leave that in because it's funny. Um, <laughs> Again, thank you so much for sharing your, your life has been, um, very rich with mm-hmm. emotional experiences and, uh, a lot of difficulty too. And still you're here. You're incredibly resilient. And it sounds like you've done a lot of really serious work to help keep you moving along mm-hmm. your path. Um, but there's also still a lot that you're grateful for. And this trust has really allowed you to lean in to what is possible for you. And it really does seem like this newest thing brings in all of these experiences, doesn't it? It really does. Yes. Yes. It really, it really does. I feel like that's, I think why you said it very well, Susie, all of these past experiences, the positive and the traumatic really has brought me to this point of creating this retreat and it's bringing everything together. So nothing has been wasted. It's all, it's all brought me to where I am today and I'm very excited about it. It sounds exciting. It really does. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Susie. Okay. That's it for this episode. Wow. I am so grateful that Jane shared her story with you. It really was a story of going from surviving to thriving with no exaggeration. When you're going through something really difficult, it can be hard to get your head around being hopeful about your future again, let alone reinventing yourself. Jane's story gives hope. Doing this work of going through all the different phases of processing intense grief, betrayal, and other negative emotions is never easy. But as you heard, with help, she eventually got herself to a place where she could give back again, where she could thrive again. It was having that sense of purpose that then also helped continue to move her forward to create another version of a really fulfilling life again. So I really want you to think, what can you take from this personally? How can you apply some of the lessons that Jane shared and those insights to your life when you've been going through something really difficult? I hope you found Jane's story as inspirational as I did. Okay, as you know, this podcast is all about how to love your life again after 50. It's really all about coaching you to be more intentional and to incorporate mindfulness into your life as a regular practice. This is how you put yourself on your agenda. So my focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and focused on your current values and priorities so you don't have regrets. I can help you create the success you're looking for. That's why I created the Women in the Middle Academy with you in mind, because it's a warm, supportive, and fun coaching community of like-minded women who grow forward together so that you feel great about your roadmap to a more fun, meaningful, and regret-free next chapter, right? It really is all about your next chapter. (laughs) So email me your questions and let's talk about it and see if it's for you. Go ahead and book your free no-obligation momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 316. Want to take the podcast conversation to a whole new level? 
Join the Women in the Middle Podcast Club by heading over to SusieRosenstein.com and clicking the Podcast Club button. Interested in cruising with me in February? The Connection Cruise is waiting for you. Email me at info at SusieRosenstein.com and put cruise in the subject line and you'll get an email with the next steps. There are limited spots, so take action now. And if you're interested in applying to be a guest on my new podcast, Women in the Middle Entrepreneurs, head over to www.midlifeinterviews.com and apply. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay.